Hi friends, it's Pastor Drew Wilkerson from Bridgewater Church. Hey, thanks for stopping by this podcast. It's our prayer that as you listen, God will speak to your heart and you will feel inspired and you'll learn new things that will help you in your daily walk with God and just in life in general. So again, thanks for stopping by and thanks for listening. Well, good morning, everyone. It is great to be together online, and we want to welcome everyone to the Bridgewater family. We're so glad that you've joined us. And if this is your first time being with us, I just want to remind everyone that we're in an incredible series called Comeback, It's Time. All of us know what a comeback feels like, and my guess is, especially in the season that we've been a part of, we all need to experience a God-given comeback. And that's why I love this definition. The definition of comeback is so uh, full, it covers every area we need to wrap our mind around. The word comeback means to come to life, to regain a favorable position, and to recover from a deficit. Man, I want to return to the fullness of life that God has for us. I don't want to miss anything, and it is easy. Man, as I talk to people, it is easy for folks to become overwhelmed with anxiety right now. People are, are just feeling antsy. I've been talking to some folks that are saying, wow, we're wearing masks again. There is a lot going on in all of our lives, but God has a comeback plan for all of us if we're willing to trust him. And I've been trying to give you some fun comeback stories each week, and immediately this week, I landed on Walt and Roy Disney. Wow, that is so much fun. Did you know this? They launched their own cartoon business in 1920 called Lapogram Studios. Just a few years later, it went bankrupt. With $40 in his pocket, Walt Disney went to California, of all things, to become an actor. Didn't pan out. But he realized there were no animation studios in California, and he convinced his brother Roy to move out west. Not long after their relocation, Disney had their first major success with a cartoon character, and it's not Mickey. It's the, the character was called Oswald the Lucky Rabbit. Now that's a mouthful. It was very successful for them. But sadly, Walt's producer of this famous animated rabbit took them for granted and then stole their legal rights to Oswald. Disney didn't want to have a long legal battle. He returned to California and he began to work. Are you ready? He began to work on this little cartoon character called Mickey Mouse. Now, I don't know how you do with rejection, but Walt was rejected by bankers more than 300 times 
before anyone would back him. That's mind-blowing to us today because of our love for the mouse. But it was in the late 20s when Walt and his brother Roy found great success. And then under the pressure of a growing business, believe this or not, Walt Disney experienced a nervous breakdown. During his time to recuperate, as he rested, Walt developed a full-length feature called Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Maybe you've heard of it. And the rest is history. I love what Walt Disney said. All the adversity I've had in my life, all the troubles and obstacles have strengthened me. You may not realize it when it happens, but a kick in the teeth may be the best thing in the world for you. Okay, let's, let's really understand this. If someone like Walt Disney can have that kind of success that has gone on as a legacy for him long after he has passed away, then think about the legacy and the success that God wants each of us to have. Now, now I want to caution you. Don't begin to think that God measures success and legacy the same way we do in this world. You and I have no idea the kind of legacy that we're going to leave until we finally are in heaven and we see God face to face and we look around at all of the people that have touched our lives and our lives have touched them. And that's what I want you to think about today. I want you to understand this. We have to be careful not to abandon our comeback plan, the comeback plan that God has for us, because lives are at stake well beyond the way that this world looks at success, wealth, and prosperity. We need to actually today come to a point where we understand that our comeback from God isn't just about what happens in the present. It's about what happens long after we're gone. That's what's called legacy. Now, we've been discovering this. Acts has been a wonderful book to show us incredible comeback stories. Here's the recap. Jesus from death to life. Moses from black sheep to God's shepherd. The Ethiopian eunuch that became an evangelist. Paul from assassin to apostle, and I'm excited today to talk about the comeback of the apostle Peter from lawbreaker to legacy leader. Yeah, I know, it, it, it's a mouthful, but just think about it. Peter, as much as he had been through, God had a legacy for him that went beyond his wild wildest imagination. In fact, uh, if we look at Matthew 16, 17 through 18, this is what Jesus said to Peter. Blessed are you, Simon, now this is Peter, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by man, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. What was Jesus celebrating? He was celebrating the fact that when he asked the disciples who they thought he was, Peter said, you're the Christ, 
You're the son of the living God. And Jesus responded by saying, Simon, this was revealed by God the Father in heaven. And then he went on to say, here is a legacy moment for you, Peter. Someday you will be the rock that I will build my church upon and the gates of hell will not overcome it. Wow, what a legacy moment. But, but, Peter didn't get it. This is the same Peter who sank trying to walk on water. It's the same Peter who denied Jesus. And it's the same Peter who had to ask for the forgiveness of Jesus after the resurrection. But just like Peter, God wants you and I to leave a legacy. We must be willing to move from the comfortable to the courageous. And I want to challenge you today. I have four steps that we're going to take in the shadow of Peter. Peter's shadow is huge. It, it, it really spans centuries of faithfulness. And I want to challenge you and I both to really embrace these four courageous comeback steps that will help us embrace the legacy that God has for us. But it's not easy. It won't be easy. Peter had to move through this entire idea of being a lawbreaker, I can't wait till we get into that, in order to become a legacy leader. Well, let's start. Step one, let's look at Acts chapter 10, verse 9. Just one verse as we begin this story. About noon the following day as they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up on the roof to pray. Here's step one, and, and it's, it sets the stage for everything. Prayer is the solid foundation for God's comeback plan. Here is that first step that we need to take. Prayer is the solid foundation for God's comeback plan. I know, I know you're saying, Pastor, I pray. You're looking at me going, Pastor, I pray for things that, that I feel like God doesn't even hear. I understand. But there's something exciting about this simple verse as we understand what Peter actually was preparing to do. In fact, let's just back up a moment. Peter was staying in the home of Simon the Tanner. We see this in verse 6. Simon was a Jew, but due to his profession... He was permanently viewed as unclean, and this is why. He was a tanner. He handled dead animals. This is also the reason Simon lived outside the city by the sea. And most importantly, we realize that Simon the tanner was a Jewish Christ follower, and he opened his home and his hospitality to Peter. I love that, don't you? Jesus always was willing to use the people for ministry and for legacy that other people thought were undesirable. Now, Simon's house was the perfect place for Peter to really regroup his thoughts. And this is the reason that he went up about noon to the roof 
to pray. In that day, someone's home would have had a flat roof that would have been perhaps like an outdoor living space. And Peter went up to pray. Over and over again, we see stories emphasized throughout the Bible where prayer was strategic to understand God's comeback plan for someone that was going to leave a legacy. Think about it. Abraham prayed to God for the safety of his son Isaac. Daniel prayed daily. He refused to stop praying even when he was threatened with the lion's den. What about Jesus the Messiah? He went to the Garden of Gethsemane to pray before he sacrificed his life on the cross. And powerfully, the Holy Spirit came and anointed the 120 people gathered in the upper room as they what? As they prayed. Mm. We're told that Peter climbed to the rooftop of Simon's home to pray. Now, it appeared routine, but can I, can I just say this? Please don't ever see your prayer time with God as routine. You and I have no idea what God is going to do in a moment of unexpected faithfulness to God and devotion when we're praying. It may seem routine to us, but prayer is never routine to Jesus. And, and he prays. Simon begins to pray. And there was nothing ordinary about this moment. In fact, I love what Oswald Chambers said about prayer. Every time we pray, our horizon is altered. Our attitude to things is altered. Not sometimes, but every time. And the amazing thing is this, that we don't pray more. Please, just stop right here. If you don't hear anything else, if you don't get anything else, but this first step, this is crucial. Prayer is the solid foundation for God's comeback plan. That is step number one. Prayer is the solid foundation for God's comeback plan. If you haven't been praying and you've slacked off, go pray. If you haven't ever prayed before, try it and trust God and watch what he can do. Don't be afraid about whether there is a God or not. Pray to God like you believe and watch what God can do. And if you've been praying for something, don't give up. Prayer is an extraordinary blessing that opens a channel of God's mercy and grace that we can't afford to ever lose. We can't ever afford to shut that conduit down. And Peter was, was not expecting anything to really happen. But as he prayed, God began to move. You see, we make decisions that seem insignificant at the time. But every choice that you and I make, every step we take has the power to change the course of our lives. And this is the reason that prayer has to be the solid foundation of our life. I even remember a time that I was talking to a pastor friend and he was looking at a major shift in his life and I said, you've got to get alone with God to pray. We talked again. He told me the same thing. I'm not sure what I'm going to do. I said, did you get alone with God to pray? No, I haven't done it yet. I saw him a third time. He said, Pastor, I'm just not sure what the future holds. I said, did you get alone with God to pray? He said, I will. When he came back, within six weeks, his entire life, his entire ministry was changed. 
And I believe it can be traced all the way back to that moment when he trusted God and prayer became the solid foundation for God's comeback plan in his life. You and I need the same thing. We need to pray. Step one. Step two. Look at Acts 10, 10 through 16 with me, please. In Acts 10, 10 through 16, we read, he, meaning Peter, became hungry and wanted something to eat. And while the meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw heaven opened and something like a large sheet being let down to earth by its four corners. It contained all kinds of four-footed animals, as well as reptiles and birds. Then a voice told him, get up, Peter, kill and eat. Surely not, Lord, Peter replied. I've never eaten anything impure or unclean. The, boy, the voice spoke to him a second time. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. This happened three times, and immediately the sheep was taken back to heaven. Here's step number two. An open mind is an open door for God's comeback plan. Just say that at home. An open mind is an open door for God's comeback plan. Now you see, Peter was a fisherman with a rebellious streak. We, we know that from Scripture. But he was also the salt of the earth kind of Jew. He might have done some really uh, difficult things. Maybe he was a little hot-tempered. But one thing Peter had never done. He had never made the wrong menu choice for his Jewish meal. But God came to him. God came to him and wanted him to become a legacy leader, which meant he had to be a Jewish food lawbreaker. Wow, I love this. Why, why, would, why would this hold the key to a change in cross-cultural ministry? Well, one Japanese missionary gives us this insight. He says, you can tell which interns are going to work well in Japan because they are the ones who are willing to try the food. The ones that are afraid to try generally don't get on well in other ways culturally. Well, there it is. God sent this sheet down Man, it must have been a big sheet, right? God sent this sheet down, and it was full of all these animals that Peter had been told all of his life not to eat. I, I try to think about that. What, what are foods that I wouldn't want to eat, that all my life I'd stayed away from? Can you imagine if you were vegan, and God said, I need you to eat chicken? Can you imagine if, if you uh, did not drink coffee? Well, I can't even imagine that. But can you imagine if you didn't drink coffee and God said, you've got to start drinking coffee? That's exactly what's going on here. This sheet comes down and God begins to tell Peter, there have to be modifications in your diet. But Peter didn't understand why? This is why he literally says, surely not. In the, in the Greek, this is what 
the translation would look like to us. Peter says to God, not at all. By no means, I am not going to change my diet. There is no way, God, that a comeback starts with a change in my dietary uh, menu and my, and, and my food options. No. I'll never forget when I was in Thailand. And I was sitting with our missionary, Don Armstrong. Don, Don he's just such a great guy. He's been on the mission field for years and in Africa and now in Asia. And we had traveled to Thailand with a group of teenagers. And one night for dinner, Don sat down beside me and I said, what are you eating? And Don said, well, they made a, a dish for me. And I said, well, what is it? He says, it's, it's ants, it's, it's fried ants in rice surrounded by a, a special leaf from one of their edible plants. I, I looked over at Don. Man, those, those ants were big. And I looked over at Don and I said, do you like that? He goes, yeah, it's pretty tasty. Then he looked over at me and he goes, are you going to try it? Kay was sitting by me too and she said, I'm not going to try it. But I went up and I asked for ants and rice on a leaf. And they gave me, because I was the guest, you should have seen my helping. Anybody ever teach you that it's rude not to clean your plate? I came back, God goes, you've got a lot of ants to eat. And I rolled them up and I started eating them. And Don looks at me and he goes, how do, you, how do you feel? I said, you know, these ants are pretty good. And he said this, and I'll never forget it. He said, now you're one of us. Mm. Every time I read Peter's refusal to change his eating habits, I recall Peter's statement on the night before Jesus died. Matthew 26, 31 through 35. Then Jesus told them, this very night you will all fall away on account of me, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I have risen, I will go ahead of you into Galilee. Peter replied, even if all fall away on account of you, I never will. Truly I tell you, Jesus answered, this very night before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. But Peter declared, even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. And all the other disciples said the same. What is it about Peter in threes? What is it about denying Jesus three times and now three times he refuses to change his diet in order to expand God's kingdom. Listen, here's our second step. An open mind is an open door for God's comeback plan. An open mind is an open door for God's comeback plan. And I need you to really wrap your mind and heart around this. When God is speaking and leading, what we tell God we're not willing to do can often become the key that unlocks the door for our scheduled comeback from God. 
Do you see that? God has already got a comeback plan scheduled for us, but we put it off the longer that we say no to God. We just put it off. But if we'll look at this, our no's often are the keys that we're looking for to unlock what God has for us next. What's God asking you and I to change? Who is God asking us to go talk to? Who is God asking us to forgive? Don't ever underestimate that the smallest steps, like changing your diet, can be the thing that changes our course of action and empowers us to leave a legacy that God has planned for us. Mm. And, and this leads to the third comeback step found in Acts 10, 17 through 20. While Peter was wondering about the meaning of the vision, the men sent by Cornelius found out where Simon's house was and stopped at the gate. They called out, asking if Simon, who was known as Peter, was staying there. While Peter was still thinking about the vision, the Spirit said to him, Simon, three men are looking for you, so get up and go downstairs. Do not hesitate to go with them, for I have sent them. Here's our third step. Faith empowers hope in God's comeback plan. Faith empowers hope in God's comeback plan. I think you know this, but let me just say it out loud for all of us. The sooner we say yes to God, the sooner God is able to reveal his comeback plan. And this was Peter's dilemma. Until Peter was ready to embrace his new diet, God couldn't show him all of the next steps in the comeback plan. And then finally, on that rooftop, Peter relented. I don't know if it was verbal. I, I don't know if Peter finally uh, said to God in his, in, in his prayer, God, I'll do it if you tell me to do it. But the minute he was willing to change his diet, the Holy Spirit confirmed the next comeback step. Three men are looking for you, said the Holy Spirit of God. Go downstairs. Get up and go down. Don't hesitate. You see, here's the thing, folks. One single act of faith can transform our lives and our legacy. Let, let me say that again. One single act of faith can transform our lives and our legacy. Even when we think, like Peter, we're only moving from one floor to another, just those few steps from the rooftop to the front door was about to change the entire world. It's not our location, but the inclination to do what God is leading us to do that matters. And that's why the Holy Spirit said to Peter, do not hesitate to go. I wonder how many people have sabotaged God's comeback plan for their lives. I wonder how many people have said no to God and they just get in the habit of saying no. Do you ever do that as a parent? Sometimes I found myself saying no to my kids just because it was so well practiced. You know, my kids would say, Dad, no. Dad, can we? No. Dad, what, what? No. 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 In fact, I read a book by Chuck Swindoll that changed my thinking. Pastor Swindoll wrote one chapter and he indicated in that chapter, he said, say yes to your kids as often as possible. 
so that when you have to say no, it means something. Wow. What would it be like for you and I to say yes to God every time? What would it be like for you and I to get out of the no habit and to get out of the yes habit or get into the yes habit? To move from the comfort of the no to the courage of a yes. That's the third step in Peter's comeback. It teaches us that faith empowers hope in God's comeback plan. I can remember standing in a five-acre field in Pennsylvania. For 25-plus years, they had not been able to relocate the church in that small town of Jersey Shore. They had had land purchased for decades, but because of infighting and church splits and a lack of unity and telling God no, they were never able to relocate. But God anointed the ministry that we were experiencing together. And one day I looked at our elders and I said, guys, let's go take the plans of this possible church building and let's go stand in this farm field and where, where there's corn and, and, it, and it's never been anything but a rural place to grow food. And let's go pray that God would give us the food and the fruit of a harvest field. They looked at me and they thought I was crazy. To humor me, they said, Pastor, we'll go. And we all stood out there in a circle and we prayed that God would give us the building physically that we saw in the spiritual realms of heaven. And we did it. In 1999, that church building was built. And I had an elder walk up to me and say, Pastor, I thought you were crazy to ask all of us as elders to come and stand with you in this farm field. I really doubted you. But now I can see I was wrong. What took so long now is something from God that we can celebrate today. That's why I love Hebrews 11.1. 1. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, the writer says, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Can I just read that to you again? As it, it, It's so simple, but so powerful. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. That's why this third comeback step is so important. Faith empowers hope in God's comeback plan. What has God been challenging you to do? What has God been saying in your life that you've put so many obstacles in his way? You keep saying, no, God wants to unlock those doors. God wants to change our mind. And then he says, take the first step of faith. Just take it. Just be faithful. Go from the rooftop down to the front door and invite these strangers and guests in. Do what God is calling you to do. I'm challenging us. Do you want to come back? Do you want to come back in your life? Quit telling me you're too young, you're too old, and you've fallen in the middle. Don't say it. Just decide right now today, I want to, to, to embrace God's comeback plan for my life, and I'm going to quit telling God no, and I'm going to say yes and take the step of faith so that my hope begins to grow. Okay. Fourth step, are you ready? Acts 10, 21 through 23. 
Peter went down and said to the men, I'm the one you're looking for. Why have you come? The men replied, we have come from Cornelius the centurion. He is a righteous and God-fearing man who is respected by all the Jewish people. A holy angel told him to ask you to, to come to his house so that he could hear what you have to say. Then Peter invited the men into the house to be his guest. Wow. Let's look at the last, this fourth step. Action energized the achievement of God's comeback plan. Action energizes the achievement of God's comeback plan. These men were standing at the door. And unbelievably, shocker, they're Gentiles. Now we know this because they were sent by Cornelius, who was a centurion. He would have been a Roman. He was a Gentile. And Peter looks at them and says, why are you here? Cornelius had seen an angel from God. He was a God-fearing man, but he didn't have a personal knowledge, understanding, and relationship of Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. He needed help. Remember, I've been telling you for weeks, God always intertwines our comeback plan with the comeback plans of others. Partnership is essential. And so Simon did the unthinkable. He invited these Gentiles in to be his guests. Now, just grab this. He is a Jew, and he invites these Gentiles in to his home. That would have been like Jesus talking to the Samaritan woman, or Jesus going to eat with Zacchaeus. Peter now, on behalf of Jesus Christ, has invited these men in to be his guest, and then the next day they begin traveling together to Cornelius's house. And now it, it all comes together. Here's why. Listen to this. He's got to change his diet so that when he gets to Cornelius's house and he's eating Roman Greek food that is not allowed for Jews, he's not going to balk. He's not going to say no. He's been totally prepared. And just by being a willing house guest, of Cornelius, now the entire Gentile world is going to begin to hear the message of Jesus Christ. Look at Acts chapter 11, verses 1 through 4. The apostles and the believers throughout Judea heard that the Gentiles also had received the word of God. So when Peter went up to Jerusalem, the circumcised, meaning Jews, the Jewish believers criticized him and said, you went into the house of the uncircumcised men and ate with them? Starting from the beginning, Peter told them the whole story. Then look at uh, chapter 11, verse 18. When they heard this, the whole story, they had no further objections and praised God saying, so then, this is so great, legacy, so then. 
Even to Gentiles, God has granted repentance that leads to life. Legacy. This was Peter's purpose, to share the good news of the gospel, to share it with Jews, Greeks, Gentiles, slaves, and free. He was to be God's man. Why? Step four, action energizes the achievement of God's comeback plan. Action. Action steps. All those things we've told God no. All those things that we've said we're not willing to do. All the times that we didn't understand the plan that God was unfolding for us. And we, we hesitated. We, we were afraid to take that step of faith that would build our hope. Now, God says, don't hesitate, Peter. Do it. And then... Not only did the Gentiles, like Cornelius, receive the joy of knowing Jesus, but all the world was now open to the message of the gospel, even to the Gentiles. And can I just remind us, if you're not Jewish, even today we're Gentiles, and that message has reached you and me. Mm. Okay, are you ready? It's time for a comeback. Let me just uh, review those four steps. Prayer is the solid foundation for God's comeback plan. An open mind is an open door for God's comeback plan. Faith empowers hope in God's comeback plan. And action energizes the achievement of God's comeback plan. Okay, we've been saying it for weeks now. Comeback, it's time. Here's what I need you to do. I want you to stand up in your living room. If you're in your car listening, pull over. I mean it. Pull over. Get ready. I want you to do something that seems so insignificant, but I think is so powerful with this message. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to take a step forward. In fact, I'm going to do that. I'm going to take a step out in front of this this. Uh, a podium, okay? I want you to do the same thing. I want you, now listen, I took just a couple of steps and here's why. Take a step forward and say to God, I'm willing to do it. Take a step forward and say to God, I don't know what the comeback plan is yet. Peter didn't know all the details. He just knew he had to change his diet and go to Cornelius's house. You and I don't know what it is, but take a step. Right there in your living room, take a step. You've gotten out of your car, take a step. Yeah, people are passing. Do it safely, by the way. If you're getting out of your car, be safe. But take a step. If you're, if you're out walking and you're listening to this uh, on uh, YouTube or a podcast, take a step forward. Do what God tells you to do. And specifically, if you know what the God is asking you to do, a text to write, an email to send, a phone call to make, do it. Do it today. Do it tomorrow at the latest. But what I want to do is pray for us now. Let's pray that it's time to leave a legacy. Yes, we may have to break a few rules that have been ingrained in our minds, get out of our comfort zones. Peter had to go from lawbreaker to legacy leader. But God is ready if we're willing to put our faith and our trust in him. Let's pray. God, Right now, we've taken steps forward. We've said to you, I'm ready. Even if we're not sure of it, even if we've fought you in the past, 
we take this step forward and say to you, God, let the chains fall off. Let our minds become open and free. Help us to move from our comfort zones into courageous moments of risk. And God, begin to open miraculous doors. Send somebody to knock at our house door. Send somebody to call or to text. Open up new doors for us to confirm the steps we must take. But in all these things, Jesus, help us to see not only our comeback plan, but help us to begin to live the legacy that you have waiting for us. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Wow. Please tell us your stories. Please let us know if you've accepted Jesus in the chat. Please uh, write us, email us, let us know what God is doing. Even if you think it's the smallest step, tell us. We want to celebrate with you. And I can't wait to see how God is about to do things we can't imagine or dream. And remember, until we see each other again, I love you. Take heart and be transformed. Hey friends, thanks for listening. And if you want to be a part of our e-family, then all you have to do to join us is click the link below and you can check us out on our YouTube page. You can also join us on social media. And if you'd like to support the ministry, then just click the link to give. We're so grateful for all of our partners and together we can do more than we can alone. So again, thanks to all of you for listening to this podcast and also thank you for helping us reach people around the world for Jesus Christ. Thank you.